Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, Texas. Men's basketball with a thrilling, dramatic victory over TCU last night. We'll get into that and break it down here momentarily. Also, we'll give the latest updates on all of the NFL coaching vacancies, uh, especially here close to home with the Houston Texans. We'll also get into the Super Wild Card Weekend. We're just days away, so we'll break it down from every angle. We'll slap it up, flip it, and rub it down for you. We'll also get into a couple of uh, news, notes and nuggets from the NFL, actually college football related and the NFL. We'll get to that too uh, because the Big Ten may be looking for a new commissioner. All that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos for the first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy but for this man it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on my man? Hardball got a chance to talk to the youth of America That's today right. and I had a great time doing it and you know what, Rod? I'm glad you brought that up because yesterday when we were leaving to talk about Texas basketball, when we were leaving yesterday, I said this might be one of the ugliest basketball games that we see. Mm. And it did not disappoint because it was ugly. Hey, You ain't got no alibi. But you know what? <laughs> the dub is a dub, and I'm excited that they got that. Let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He is a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson, who you heard on these airways, uh, said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. Also gave him some other shout-outs as well. Mm -hmm. He is a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. My man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that. And, yes, a shout-out to Hall of Famer and yeah, legendary yeah. Lifetime Longhorn Derek Johnson. If you do want to hear that interview, you can go over to hornfm.com. It's already posted up there for you. Shout-out uh, to this man, and courtesy of this man, the idealionaire, one of the hardest-working members of the air and family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. My man, Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, was ready to quit my job in the first half last night mm. just quit mm. the job move from the state that was how bad it was in the second half i felt pretty good yeah so. uh tell two halves basically it was the yeah. best it was the worst of times and then it was the best of times it was because yep. yep. they found a way to get the w honestly by the way that's the big it's the big 12 yep. that's gonna be the big 12 yeah it's a that's ranked just, team it's a good like tc it, was a good team and it what well, that's you're gonna be saying that week after week you are <laughs> <laughs> hey hey I I mean, don't, I mean, maybe maybe on saturday maybe not i don't know but hey, uh, we'll see yeah we'll see uh that's gonna be a desperate team though oh they a are desperate hey. team and you know how that goes so it's talented i, I <laughs> hey, as long as you get the dub it's it, really the big 12 is it's just survive Yep, survive right. in advance. It really does. It's going to get you in the, the tournament mindset. Just find a way to win these games because you're dealing with tough opponents uh, week in and week out in the Big 12. Uh, in Texas, facing TCU, which was ranked 17th. The Longhorns were 10th at the time, uh, beating them 79-75. Uh, and, gentlemen, uh, congratulations or in order because the Longhorns, with an, at one point an 18-point deficit, uh, it was forty to twenty-two with two fifteen left in the first half, and Patrick, I imagine we all had similar thoughts to you. I was at the house and I was like, 
All right, you know what? And I, I did. I was like, you know what? I need a buffer to watch the rest of this, so I'm just gonna. All right. So I actually did didn't watch it live. I actually ended up watching it with a buffer because I was a little too frustrated. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna let it ruin my night just in case something bad happens. Hopefully, it's because basketball's a game of runs. Yeah, it is. I was like, you know yeah, what? I'm just gonna tune out for a while. I hope maybe I'm the bad luck. All right. <laughs> let me a lot tune of people out. felt like that. Yeah, let a me lot just of let, let like me that. tune out. Wait for a little buffer. I'm gonna give it like 20, 25 minutes, and I'm gonna tune back in and then see if something different happens. Uh, you know what? I don't know if that was the mojo that they needed or not, but it something happened. It was, no. Something happened. Something magical happened, uh, and it started right around. I, it, it to me, what it, it's crazy to see when you think about a big run when you have to overcome a deficit like that, eighteen points. And by the way, it was the largest uh, comeback win for Texas since twenty thirteen over Oklahoma, uh, where they won ninety two to eighty six. Yeah. But at one, at what point do you think the game started to turn? What point did you feel it starting to turn? To me, I remember the sequence where, <clears throat> like Dylan DeSue gets the block and then goes back and gets the bucket. Yep. There was something yep, about yep. that. Mm-hmm. That to me, that series and when, and uh, and by the way, Texas made a run and then TCU made runs even after yeah, that too. I, so I, it, that wasn't that wasn't the whole heart. But it, to me, that it, it was something about the the juice that DeSue added to it I, to the lineup, and that was almost symbolic of it. Well, I'll say that point was when you thought Texas could win. When Texas turned it around originally was the worst basketball you saw was the first, like, 17 minutes of the first half. The yes. last three, they played okay basketball. So the fact that they were able to have a lot of awareness to cut the lead back down a little bit yeah, and just get it to where it was manageable for the second half, because if you're down 20 going into the second half, that's a real big – I mean, you can't be down 20 points, <clears throat> bottom 20 points and a half. But if you can go, hey, man, we get 15 points. We get 15 points on a half. So I think that was where they, it started to turn is they had that right mentality. And when they went in the locker room, they could feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I agree with you. Dylan DeSue doing that. Uh, Dylan Mitchell had a big block. But, yeah, basically there was a stretch where they pulled out their bigs and Texas dominated when they pulled out their bigs because Dylan Mitchell and Dylan DeSue were in and they started to eat. They were able to rim protect. They were able to eat in the paint. I remember that. And and you saw as soon as he could, Jamie Dixon sub back in his bigs because he realized he was like, oh no! But it was like a six point swing in in under a minute, and the entire momentum had changed because all of a sudden Texas looked like they were a much better team. And it was just he was trying to get some rest for his bigs before the end of the game. And he, I'm sure, he wished he had another couple minutes that he could rest them so they'd be fresh. But he had to put him back in because Texas and Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell just started getting to the bucket time after time. And that yeah. was the biggest thing for me was watching Dylan DeSue turn into something we've been waiting for. He's been the person that we've been talking about because of the expectations that he was supposed to live up to, being the top rebounder in the SEC. That really means something because you know how physical it is. Basketball in the Big 12 is a little bit different, but it's some of the best basketball you're going to play against. And when he was able to do the things that we were begging him to do, Mm -hmm. cutting to the basket, playing Mm -hmm. some defense in there, getting the blocks, going in there and getting the rebounds, but more importantly, getting up and down the floor. That was was what we've been waiting for. That's the player. And I don't know if it's because he's just now getting fully healthy. Uh, Remember, at the beginning of the year, we saw him on the brace. He was sitting out of games. And Rodney Terry is pulling all the strings right now. If you would have went to social media last night, which I did, which was a mistake by your boy, <laughs> oh, yeah, which yeah. is a mistake by your boy when you're watching this yeah, game, don't do it. I went and started looking at some of these supportive uh, UT fans. 
Oh, they were calling for Rodney Terry's head. Oh, you know, this job is too big for him. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just watching, watching, watching. Went back to look at some of those tweets. That stuff is gone. It's off of Facebook. Oh. I'm like, why'd you delete it, man? You had to bring oh, you that same that energy. You put, put your, your name, name on, on it. it. Put your name on it. Because now. at that point, were we all frustrated? Yes. But it wasn't Rodney Terry's fault that these guys were running around just throwing up shots. That first five minutes of the game, I didn't know what I was watching. Oh, and both teams were. It was not basketball. Uh, In the first six minutes, I believe there was nine turnovers combined. Yes. uh, By the two teams in the first six minutes. You're like, that is... It is an absurd amount of turnovers to be this early in the Especially game. Especially what Rob was saying yeah. earlier. These are two good basketball teams. Yeah. yeah. I will throw in there as we talk about the fans. Shout out to the fans at the Moody Center yeah, buddy. that filled it up. The student section being back, man, it was a di- different atmosphere from 30 minutes before tip off. Yeah. Like you just felt the different atmosphere of the crowd being there. The, the standing room only was packed again up at the top, the upper corral, as they call it. Yep. But like to see that all come back and you're like, okay, okay, we still got the building. And the it made it, it made the, the difference down the end. The ju- you're right. It, it totally did. The, the the juice definitely was there, and they fed off each other. Um, the I mean the team and their intensity and the crowd. And at that point, when they were down um, 18, just kind of getting back to how bad they were playing. Uh, hell, man, TCU and TCU was shooting really well. TCU was 14 of 28. They basically were shooting 50 percent from the field at that time, but 13 of their attempts were dunks or layups. Oh yeah. They were right at the They rim. even missed yeah. a dunk. Really high percentage. And they even missed a dunk yeah, on the break. Extremely high percentage shots because Texas, the rotations and their defensive intensity yeah. that we were talking about, they had late in the game. They did not have that early. Uh, and TCU, give them credit, they took advantage of that. And in almost every metric in the first half, they just beat Texas. Uh, and and Texas really they they had some bad and even Rodney Terry said this a lot of a lot of poor shot selection early nope. on for Texas. Yeah, talking about the three the three pointers are really the kind of the microcosm of that, right? They were two of fourteen from three point range, I believe, in the first in the first half. Yes. and two of two clutch three pointers in the second half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clutch. Yeah. Stop shooting! Stop shooting! But then Attack them! But they went right to the bucket. Exactly. And I, I, what Attack them! Points in the paint. They have forty-five points yeah. in the paint. The yep. Texas have. Yeah, is it somewhere around there? Forty-two. Forty-two. Thank 42. you very much. And, and this goes into the shot selection. Is we look at that defense in the first half, and you can go. Uh, some of it was poor rim protection defense. A lot of it was they weren't getting back on defense because you're missing a shot. Your bigs are going for a rebound. Mm-hmm. Your your guards aren't getting back fast enough. They're watching the shot go up and they're seeing if they're going to get a second chance. And by the time the ball is rebounded, there's two there's two TCU players ahead of you and they're chasing and even if they don't get a shot up, you've got a mismatch and your big man still run down the floor and it's an open bucket. You have to be able to score because you cannot play transition defense 8 minutes at a time and that's how long Texas is going without hitting a bucket. Yeah. So you're saying you're just playing transition D nonstop. And they were getting eaten alive. So when they started to play better offense, the defense comes along a lot easier yep. because you're not playing transition D anymore. You're playing regular defense. Yeah. What I tell you yesterday, how they get up and down the floor, they have averaged 17 and a half points, fast, fast break. break points. Yeah. Last night, Texas held them to 17. But er, yeah, a lot <laughs> held of that, them. And that was that, early in the yeah, game. Yeah, you're right. Most of that. And you also made a good point about the bench points. Yep. Um, and Texas got a ton of support from the bench. No doubt. Um, 25, 25 bench points. 25 points. Yeah, yeah. That was big. That was also really big for them. So it, it, it was one of those games that just showed you the, the kind of the grit 
the testicular fortitude of the team yep. that when they're down and out they don't they don't give up this team believes that you know they got a chance to win the game and they you know based on certain performances we got to talk about Sergio Barry Rice too there are certain individual performances obviously we got to hit but Sergio Barry Rice having 15 points all of them in the second half um, and 8 of 9 from the free throw line and clutch offensive yeah. rebounds yep. late in the I game. Know, I want to, like, he's got a game or two before he, I'm just going to call him the closer every time. Hey. Like, put in the closer, man. Yeah. Put yeah. in the closer. Cause, You're right. And he, it's it what's funny is it's the tortoise and the hare story. So instead he wins the race. Yeah. He plays at his own pace the whole game. And by the fourth quarter, he's now not the slow one anymore because he's still playing and he's getting past everybody. Right. It's great. No, I, I, I remember when the season started. I had a conversation with uh, you know, some member staff, member staff member of the Texas basketball team, and they said, "Sergio Barry Rice is the guy you got to watch." He's yeah. called, they said the, the coaching staff they can't stop talking about him. Right? They cannot stop talking about his situational awareness. Yeah. And you know, basketball I mean, just, IQ. There yeah, you go. Just his high basketball, basketball IQ. acumen, and I think we're starting to see that. I mean, he's had some clutch performances, but I don't think any of them have been as clutch as that one was last night. 15 points and all of them in the second half, and like you said, uh, Horst, the, uh, the the free throws down the stretch yeah, to clutch. nail those. Yeah, when you when you got that cool mm. temperament about yourself where you can take over a game, not necessarily being the star either, but knowing your role, and that was something that we talked about when we figured out that they got these three point guards that have all had experience taking a team to the tournament playing in the tournament, and I know everybody's still trying to figure out what's going on with Tyrese Hunter, but that's why you have three guys. That's why you have somebody that can come off that bench and supplement where somebody's going to be lacking. Marcus Carr has, has, you know, has like get off the ball sometimes and move around without the ball, but you see, when it's coming down to the money time, he wants the shot. He's going to take it. You got to have somebody do that. You do. You, you got to have somebody that's, that's, that's going that's, yeah, that's to you know? do it. And let me tell you, I, so I have a perfect view from where mm. I'm sitting at. I'm right behind him. He's between me and the basket. Marcus Carr on that three. And when he goes up and I see the shot blocker coming, I don't think he can get it over him and in the basket. Because he did. Like, he just from my earlier. view. I'm like, that's not. like he, that, He's got ups on it. And I can see it just over his hand. I'm like, well, it's missing it. There's no way he's getting the trajectory right, <laughs> and it goes in. You're just like, wow! I didn't think that was possible yeah. from where I was looking at it. Yeah, man, it didn't seem possible for him to get it over that hand. You yeah. put some English on it. He did some on that thing. Yeah, no, you're right about that, and you're right about Marcus Carr. He, he wants the ball in clutch time, yeah. and he and I, I honestly I believe in him too. He's, yeah, he's inspired my confidence in him as he well. He could miss every shot <laughs> prior to that, but he's got. But you know what? I'm shooting it again. I think he's got a little bit of that clutch That's gene, yeah. short and, memory. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about He's it. He's a DB. Uh, yeah, short do. memory. Hey, I, you know what? As a DB, I feel I feel complimented by that. You know what I mean? For real, we'll claim him. Coming right back. Timmy Allen, though, gentlemen. Uh, speaking of kind of the uh, the old man in the group, yep. the old vet that was able to step up and keep you in it when you didn't have all. I mean, talk about Tyrese Hunter. I think he was like two of eight. Yeah, two um, of eight. But and two of four from three point land. Yeah, helped you in other ways though. I yep, think he had yep. with four rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um and um but Timmy Allen, he was he was unbelievable. Every yep. time you needed a shot. Or play, yeah. He um, was diving he was on there. the floor, he was getting rebounds, coming out on screens. He was doing what he needed to do. Like you said, the old man in the room, the slow the the tortoise, slow and steady. Cause there's nothing that you see him and you're like, Oh my God, this dude is He's a hooper. 
That's Ste- what it yeah. is. He's a bucket. He's man. a he's hooper. hooper. Right. Yep. That's old, it. Got old man game. Yeah. It, it's uh, it, it, it's not like I said. I, I don't know if it blows you away. I don't know if it nothing still, at all. His shot fake still does. His shot fake every time someone goes for it. It's still it's still like how is it that good consistently? <laughs> Uh, yeah. he, you know, it's not better than Sir Jabari Rice's. No, that's what I mean. Jabari Rice's shot fake. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I thought you were talking about Timmy Allen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, you're right. His, his shot fake. As a matter of fact, we, um, we, we got some sound, actually, yeah. that's pretty good that we'll play a little bit later on uh, of the players and even the uh, TCU Horned Frogs, their coach, and some of their players talking about that uh, pump fake that Patrick just mentioned about Sir Jabari Rice, which is pretty good. Um, but, no, Timmy Allen, though, is he just, to me, he he seems to be that that savvy vet that can get the bucket. He knows how to get a bucket when the team needs it, and he knows exactly when he 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 needs to assert his presence. Yep, yep. That's and a great way. It's of not overbearing. That. He's not he's not trying to hog it. It really. I mean, his timing is amazing. It's immaculate. Well, and that <laughs> it really is. It's like that mid-range game is the forgotten art in basketball because analytics will tell you the mid-range game is bad because even if you shoot 60% in mid-range, they'll be like, well, it's better to shoot 40% or 30% from three and 90% at the rim than shoot 60% in, in mid-range. You're like, yeah, but not really. Right. Because if everyone on your Agree team does it, you, then yeah, that's a problem. But if you have one guy that when everyone's struggling from three-point land and you're getting blocked at the rim and this guy can just go find that middle ground and get you 10 points when no one else can score and they have to move out from the rim and they have to step in from the three-point line, that's pretty good. And it's like it's a great part of a team that if you don't have it on your team and you're struggling to score and you don't have that guy – you, you're missing out because we don't go on those runs. We don't cut the lead back in the end of the, begin, the, end of the first half. Right. If we don't have a Timmy Allen, then when nothing else is working, he can just go in there and go, points. All right, now we can go set up on defense. Yep. Let's just stop the bleeding for a second, and I'll just go hit a couple of mid-range jumpers. We're not coming back with them. Yep. And we're not mm-hmm. doing anything else, but we're stopping the bleeding. Yeah, I and we it. can go from there. Yeah, no, I love it. That's what I say. It's, 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 like I said, it doesn't blow you away, but it's essential. Yeah. It is essential because uh, you don't win that game and you don't even make the comeback without, like you said, I love it. Like you said, he's the one that stopped the bleeding for him. And then other guys like Serge Barry Rice, yep. he ends up getting hot in the second half. Then Marcus Carr getting clutch shots in the second half. Dylan DeSue was big I think in that the was second the, I half. I think he was the biggest part yeah. of. He had 12 of his 14 yeah. in the second half. I mean, that yeah. was that was huge. Yeah, that's, that's, and that Timmy was Allen the biggest part it, for I guess, me. Until that happened. Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest part for me is what. Dylan DeSue was able to do because we've been waiting for this version. We've been waiting for this guy that isn't on the bench for foul trouble, that isn't on the bench because of an injury, the guy that is being very aggressive going to the basket, and when he's getting the rebounds, he's putting it back up and he's going up strong. That's the one that I was waiting on because when we left, I told you, Eddie Lampkin is a large human being, and at early in the game he was being a big bully. Yeah, he was being a big bully, but mm-hmm. Dylan started moving him out, getting him away from the basket, letting every other people get to the rim, and that's what we got a chance to see, man. It was it, it was good, and that yeah. was the thing is Dylan too, especially on offense, he is really doing well when he doesn't have a guy like Lampkin in the game because he just doesn't have the muscle to necessarily bounce with the Lampkin. He's a much more athletic guy, but when he would get it in the post, Lampkin start bumping him from behind, and that's when you see him lose his balance. Yeah. And then he's trying to pivot, but he's he's got good footwork, 
but it's hard to pivot when you're falling forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we saw him get out and feeling this, he was like, oh, now I can play. If you want to put like a six seven six nine guy who's skinnier than me, I'll go, I'll feast all day in the paint. Yep. And we saw that when they pulled Lampkin out, it was he was able to start getting points. Yep. So I think we're seeing Rodney Terry's rotation is, hey, we need him to come in there and kind of give us solid minutes with the big men in, but we really want him in there. When they're big sit down, I want to sue in there because then he's unstoppable. Yeah. And he's athletic enough that he can get around and still make moves on smaller guys that normally stay in front of guys. He can play with them a different way that a big guy like Lampkin would good it's a charge. Because he can't get around he can't get around a Timmy Allen. That's yep. why you gotta give Rodney Terry some credit. I do oh, and, and, and I wanna tell I'm gonna play that. this clip. I cut it because this is something that I talked to Zay before the show and I was like, Zay, have you ever heard of this happening, because I'm sure it has to happen. It happens more in football than I think it does in basketball. Ronnie Terry in the post game, they asked him about what he did at halftime to basically make this team look completely different in the second half. And one of the things he said was that he basically went ahead and showed them film. He's like, our film guy cut up film of all their turnovers and mistakes in the first half, and we showed it to him. So I'm going to play you Rodney Terry explaining why wow. he did that. Well, this young generation is a visual learning crew. And so, you know, we got a great video guy in Fireball. And Fireball had the turnovers and he had the transition baskets, which were really hurting us to start to have. So our guys got a chance to see visually where we were driving in the traffic. We weren't strong with the ball. We were making passes we said we couldn't make against this team. And, uh, and as a result of that, they were scoring in transition. And uh, so our guys got a chance to see that. The ball was sticking. We showed some possessions where the ball wasn't moving like it needed to move. Uh, and uh, and I, I think, again, our guys got a chance to see that and understand, hey, we got to come out. We got to move the ball. We have to be strong with the ball. We have to play inside out and, uh, and trust your teammates. And, uh, uh, again, you know, uh, you, you got a chance to visually see it. You know what I mean? So um, I thought that was really good for us. And, I love that. that, that that's, that's outstanding. Fantastic. And the fact, too, that it happened during the game. That's Man. what I'm saying is to have a yeah. staff that can go ahead and put that film together and be ready at halftime. So when yeah. you walk back there, yeah. he's like, he's like, oh, I know. And so either you're telling – and Fireball sits right by the bench. I know where he sits. So, so like, do you see him? Like, well, see he's him got going? a laptop up, but I'm guessing Rodney or one of the coaches was like, hey, pull that, pull that. Like, Or they wow. have something set up. That's fit. That's but a, it's a thing that I, I'm like, I don't remember hearing this a lot from other coaches. Made, like real time. But to have yeah, it halftime. Sure. But like I'm a visual learner. Like, I learn better by seeing things done and by doing them myself than by someone just telling me, hey, this is how you do it. So it makes sense to me if someone goes in and you go, hey, man, you're dribbling, and when you dribble your balls, that you're pulling your hand out too far when you're dribbling. I go, okay, I'll do that. If you show it to me, I go, oh, man, that looks gross. Like, I don't think I, – I can't see in my head myself doing it. Okay, does the, you watch a lot of NBA. Does the NBA have, like, the same, uh, like, pads that the NFL does, like their tablets – and they watch game film? Not like, really, no. They don't do that? Not really. Oh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It may be the next thing they do, yeah, but there's not, I mean, like, there's not as much yeah. in-game coaching in the NBA because you're more watching the so, – you it's have to keep watching time. the game. So, yeah. like, if you're playing offense in football and the defense is on, yeah. you don't necessarily have to care because yeah. it has right. nothing to do with your job. But in basketball, you have to watch and go, hey, yeah. man, I need to see what and he's baseball, doing. And baseball, you got time to do it too. Yeah, basketball, so it's just a little bit easier in, in yeah. other sports. But no, but I thought it was a, a really great thing, and it's one of those things for Rodney Terry. I'm like, I don't know where he learned that from or what the, gave him the idea, but respect for that because it clearly worked. 
And I, it's just something I had not seen and heard about a bunch before this. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that, and I'm glad that you got that clip because it does mean a lot when you start thinking about how you're able to adjust and the fact, as you asked, Rod, you can't do it during the game, during the actual action mm-hmm. while you're sitting on the bench, but you do have an opportunity to do so when you get a chance to go in the locker room and then to be able to clip that was very, very impressive. But the biggest part about the most impressive part about it was they actually executed. Exactly. They actually went out there and said, oh, we look crazy out here running up and down. We're down by 18. We can make an adjustment right now, and let's go do it. What's also great that Roddy Terry understands that because coaches are teachers, yep. understand that, no, we have got a guy sort of visual learners. They need to see it. I can yep. say it, but they got to see yeah. it. Once yeah. they see it, they'll be able to understand it, and then we can go out there and execute. Um, so, get, like I said, either way, uh, great clip by my man Patrick for pulling that, too. That's that's why you got to give Roddy Terry some yep. credit. Um, that's making the necessary adjustments. You know you got the talent. It's it's going to be a hell of a uh, schedule going forward It's because it's the Big 12. I um, mean, it's going to be one of those situations where I think you're going to be in these types of games. No doubt. For the rest of the season. All the quad, what they call them, quad one games. All your yeah. quad one games, which most of the Big 12 are I was going to say, that's pretty much games. the Big 12. <laughs> you're going to be in these types of games. And it's going to be a, a kind of a survive and advance mentality. I think it's going to be great for Texas and all the rest of these Big 12 teams, too, once they do get to the tournament. But it does feel like, you know, you're going to be in, you know, situations where you just got to make cl- make clutch adjustments mm-hmm. and you can have your your cl- what I say yesterday clutch players make plays in crucial moments that's exactly what happened last night that's exactly what we saw exactly and that's what, what we saw. needed to see yeah because yeah. everybody was about to jump off the ledge when the game was out of hand yeah. and then you saw this turnaround shout out to Rodney coach Terry taking mm-hmm. care of this team yeah. and the team following them but most importantly <laughs> you know as I do Rod it's all about the players. If the players buy into what they're seeing and and believe that they can come back from anything, and if this doesn't give you momentum going into the rest of the season, knowing that no lead is safe against the opponent, you're good. But Patrick pointed out that last year TCU was down by 18 against Texas, Texas and came, came back, back and beat them. <laughs> yeah, they were down 18 and a half and came back. I think they were down to- 20 total at some point, but they are down 18 yeah. and a half and came back and beat Texas in the Big 12 tournament. TCU's having a tough week. They've also never beaten a top 10 team on the road yeah, they owe ever. 46, I And they were know. like, this is going to be – I think they showed the stat. At oh, some yeah. point, they're like, this could be the first win. And I was like, wow, that's great. The first – no. They jinxed yeah. it. You jinxed it. I love jinxed it. it. I I love it. It. Okay, one more little nugget before we get out of here. It's a great conversation, and we're going to put the bow on it with this. Uh, my man Corey Mose, who does uh, sports over at KVU, does a really good job. Uh, you can reach him via Twitter at Corey underscore Mose, M-O-S-E. He uh, put out this little mashup, little collage of audio from – Texas players, but also some K State players and the K. Oh, sorry, K State TCU players. Purple Kryptonite, get it mixed up. Uh, TCU players and the TCU uh, coach talking about Serge Barry Rice and his what has now become infamous or iconic. All right, his shot fake. Which, De- see, deliberate. Yeah, right. There it is. Deliberate. Uh, here, here, here it is. 
everybody you can scout it you can know it's coming i was a little disappointed how we guarded him we uh, the scouting report we didn't follow it we're in the games the benches are screaming shot fake and they're still going for it uh, he's able to uh, to get guys off their feet even though in the scouting report in terms of what he does where we left our feet uh i forgot his name but he would pump fake to the lane get some fouls drop some fouls on the thing you're gonna jump it doesn't matter if you heard it or not it's just too good man it's just something that um, i've kind of perfected at this point and i just kind of use it to advantage for another only myself for the team. What? Everybody. Jabari has the best shot fake. I might go on record and say the history of basketball. All right. So uh, it, it, it is. I mean, you guys were talking about it earlier in the year. Yeah. And the more games we play, the, the the more epic the shot fake becomes. Man, me and Eddie Warren would sit we're sitting in the games. <laughs> and we'd be hitting, we'd elbowing each other when he'd do it. Because you're just like, God, how is that that good? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Just somebody. And I mean, like. There's people you jump on pump fakes, and then there's people jumping out of the gym at pump fakes because it's not a fake. Like there is nothing, and it's in the scouting report. They show you clips of it before you go through. <laughs> you go, "Wow, well, I'm gonna bite on that," and then he gets it, and he slowly turns, and he pulls the ball up so fast and smooth, and you just jump out of your gym, and, then and he just boom, walks right past you. Right yeah, past man, you. the man said he worked on it. Okay, real quick before we go to break here, a uh, lot of people who were at the mood, Patrick, and who watched on TV want to get your thoughts. You were there. In the midst of the, the 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 crowd and the epic comeback by Texas, and the crowd was going nuts. Uh, what were your thoughts about how the crowd helped Texas? And really, was that the most uh, you know rabbit you had seen the Texas fan base in there in that I, arena? I think this was it's somewhat different now because of everything off the court. I think that this is the fan base now that seems much more like, oh no, we're in it for the, like we're in it for the kids. Right, we're gonna go right, crazy. Right. They're cheering at the right times. The student section being back. I'm saying thirty minutes before game time, you were like, oh, I, I mean, at the Irwin Center, ten minutes after tip off, you were still sometimes getting people coming in with that student section. Thirty minutes before tip off, you're you're starting to see. Well, the student sections get loud and they're cheering for yeah. things, and you know they're booing when the team comes out for when TCU comes out. It, it's just next level, and to see them back in the the upper corral, and you're like, man, a, a loss like K State, you can see a game like that before with Texas fans. You lose thirty percent of your t- fans yep, of games yep, yep, until yep. you won like four more big ones. Mm-hmm. And to see these guys sticking around this year is awesome. So I love that everyone is going out there. And I'll tell you, I had a goosebumps moment when Jabari Rice got that rebound and he gets fouled. He slides right in yeah, front of our, our slid right in front of our table, and they all come over. And you just see him and Christian Bishop and Marcus Carr. And all the veterans come over, and you see them, like, the emotion on their face for knowing they just won the game. Yeah. And, like, that comeback, and it was just a goosebumps moment to sit that right in front of me. Yeah. It was awesome. And, you know, the whole building, you're just like, it's crazy. It's fun. The vision was to have a a great arena with a great team. Yep. A great head coach and a fan base that is invested and committed to the team. Um, I I think you got – three of the four, and we hope we got four of that four. Hey. We'll see as the tournament approaches and as the Big 12 goes on, right? I mean, that was the vision. That's yep. the vision. That was the vision. Yep. Great, a great team, great venue, great fan base, which leads to that great experience overall, and it's all led by a great coach. And this is, Rodney Terry, right now, kudos. Yeah, somebody Keep just doing sent, what you're doing. Somebody just sent a text just saying this. Give Coach Terry his flowers now. He's now – Seven and one in eight games as the interim head coach, and his sole loss was to the hottest team in the country as the head coach, and that was K State. And he fixed the problem the next and he, game. The very next game, he had o- o- Oklahoma State can't even get the ball off. And if you and 
if you had just played a little bit more defense. Just a little bit. That's <laughs> why he's going up. Next just time. a little yep. bit more defense. Yep. You yep. had a chance to win that one. Yep. So, I know it sounds crazy, but you had a chance. You didn't play any defense at all. Not uh, now, bit. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll talk about the NFL head coaching vacancies. Also, give an update about the Texans coaching search. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie at 104 the Horn. The ball don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. My man Patrick plays uh, jams for us. And uh, based on those song selections, uh, we're supposed to get the hint, the clues, to figure out exactly what the new theme of the day is. All right, Harch. I, you know, I, don't, I won't even make you guess on this one. Because really? I, I don't think nice. this is an artist that you guys are as familiar with. But is this it, is. Do you have a guess? No, I was gonna say, is it Blues Thursday? It is not. It is. Uh, this is all music gonna be from Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck uh, suddenly passed away yesterday. Uh, legendary guitar player. Mm. Oh, uh, okay. Played for many years. Played with Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton back in the day. Oh wow. Uh, but yeah, he is legendary guy. Passed away. Kind of got sick very quickly and passed away yesterday. So uh, we're gonna play some. Uh, is he Jeff a Beck. local artist? Or no, 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 no. National English. artist. English. Okay. National. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw this on uh, on Twitter too. Um, yeah. Yesterday, so yeah, that's really sad because he's pretty young. He's seventy eight. Oh, he's seventy eight. Yeah, okay, so he's seventy. So it was. It was just more that he it was, was surprising. Yeah, like yeah. basically he was fine in touring and then got uh, bacterial meningitis and was dead pretty soon after. Oh so. wow, that sucks. Yep, yeah. but uh, influenced a lot of music. So he's not like super well known necessarily. If everyone go, oh, I can name all the songs, but he influenced basically every guitar player that you've heard. Right, so, so that's him playing the guitar, not singing. That sounds like Rod Stewart. Rod right? Stewart was the singer for the Jeff Beck group. That's how Rod oh. Stewart got his start. Okay, because that is Rod Stewart. Yeah, right? it is Rod Stewart. The Jeff okay. Beck group back in the all day. Right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, new theme Thursday and paying uh, uh, homage, tribute um, to uh, Jeff Beck, uh, who was a great guitarist, yes. a, an iconic guitarist. All right, we'll get that. And uh, shout out to my man Patrick once again, the ideal, you know, hooking us up with a new theme Thursday. All right, the. Um, the NFL head coaching vacancies right now still at five, but there's a lot of activity. Um, so I want to kind of keep us uh, updated with some of the activity, starting with the Houston Texans, of course. So at this point, the Texans have requested interviews with Thomas Brown, the Rams' assistant head coach, um, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles, D.C. Um, they've also requested interviews with Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator, Sean Payton, which – that I think should be the front runner there, uh, former Saints head coach, and they've requested an interview with D'Amico Ryans, the uh, 49ers defensive coordinator. They've scheduled interviews already with Shane uh, Steichen, the Eagles OC, um, and also uh, Ijero Evero, the Broncos defensive coordinator. They've completed interviews already uh, with Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. Hmm. So they've already done so. They they they're working as 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 diligently as they can. Uh, you can tell they're going to interview as many possible candidates and as, as they can. And I I love that by the way. That's that's a smart thing to do. If the unfortunate thing is having these coaching vacancies, but if I was a GM, I mean I'd interview I'd interview nine ten guys from different teams because they're just going to give you information about the teams. Yeah. 
exactly. and their strategies. I, I don't know why. To, I would interview if I now you don't want to have a lot of coaching vacancies, but if I was coaching, I'd interview fifteen. I'd interview half the league. I interview everybody. Mm-hmm. I try to bring in as many OCs and DCs as I can. <laughs> and be like, well, these guys really doing DCs. No, I just just go bring. You want this job? What Tell me about your scheme. scheme. <laughs> Tell me about the, the way you guys uh, operate. I would love to hear more about that. Give me the in depth, and I really want to see an in depth report about how you guys <laughs> operate, top to bottom, bottom up. And then they would give it all to you. I just write down all the information. I'd catalog it and be like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. If I liked them, I'd bring them back for the second interview. If not. At least you got the information. No doubt. You're the Texans. You should have been doing it. You could have the entire blueprint of every team in the league these back-to-back years if you'd have done that. Mm-hmm. Rod, that Come sounds on. like you got a plan, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, but the Texans yeah, don't you have, have you a have plan. You have the blueprint, and they get stuck in the back with the NDAs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Standing over there with the NDAs. Uh, my, my, one person, one person that, well I believe, well that I believe should, should be getting more opportunities is D'Amico Ryans. We always hear about everybody looking for that offensive side of the ball and what the expectations are. But when you look at what D'Amico Ryans has been able to do with the defense of the uh, San Francisco 49ers year after year, why is his name not in the middle of all that as well? He should be one of the top candidates because when you he's a young, uh, young coach, been in the league, was a former player, He's a perfect example of what the opportunity should be given to. Um, right now, he's pretty popular now. So what I'm looking at, the uh, Arizona Cardinals have requested an interview with D'Amico Ryans. The Carolina Panthers have. The um, Denver Broncos have. The Texans, of course, have. And ooh, I'm looking at the Colts. I don't see the Colts yeah. with it. Another so one that they should be looking um, at. But the Colts, honestly, have, the Colts have not asked for a lot of people, have they? Uh, the Colts have they got com- Jeff Saturday, completed bro. an interview <laughs> with Idro Evero, the Broncos DC. Uh, they brought in Aaron, well, they requested an interview with Aaron Glenn, the Lions DC. Uh, they've scheduled Ben Johnson, the Lions OC. They have scheduled Raheem Morris, the Rams okay. DC. Mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday, of course, has is also scheduled for an interview. <laughs> really. Shane Steichen, the Eagles OC, is scheduled, and Bubba. Ventrone, the Colts special teams guy. See, that's yeah. That, you know, so that they've completed an interview with him already. Yeah, I just like so. the Colts always seem to be like when they're listing off these names of people that are interviewing. They're like, here's these teams and the every team and not the Colts on a lot of the big names. Yeah, no, you. Right I just don't know that. why that is, but yeah, no. D'Amico Ryan's is on. He's on four of the five though. Okay, yeah. good. Four of the five because they, he should be really one of those right guys now. that definitely would be. Uh, intriguing to have as a head coach. If you're going to keep giving all these other people opportunities, why not give uh, D'Amico Ryans? Because his defense has gotten better year after year after year. And let's not forget, if the safety catches a ball, they go to the Super Bowl last year. Yep, top 10 scoring defense, number 9 in 2021, first in scoring defense this year. Yeah. Uh, so, no, you're right about that. That's why I think he's getting a lot of love. And Sean Payton's getting a lot of love. I probably looked, if I'm looking over these lists to see what coaches are on the majority of these five vacancies, it's probably D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, and uh, Ben Johnson maybe on yeah. the most. Yeah. Um, that I'm kind of looking at. Those might be the top three that are on the most. Ben Johnson, yeah. the Lions, OC. Uh, but it looks like the the Carolina Panthers are going to interview a lot of people because yep. they're even interviewing Kellen Moore. They got, they brought in Frank Reich as well. 
Ken Dorsey mm-hmm. is another name that they're you know they're bringing in. But the Arizona Cardinals have only brought in Sean Payton or requested Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's. That's it. That's a so they that's a pretty good looking list. Those are, I mean, if you go on, you got to go big. You can't go no, for I'm anybody. Moving. Yeah, they got to go and they got to go get it because I I think they've been embarrassing, embarrassing the last couple of years. So they're like, man, this is way too much. I think they're waiting for their GM. I mean, they got the GM thing as well. They oh, got a GM yeah, that's vacancy. True. So maybe that's they're just true. waiting. Yeah, I've seen they've they've had a few GM. names come up for the GM vacancy. As yes, well. they've. Uh, Quentin Harris, uh, Cardinals VP of Player Personnel. They've completed that interview. Monty Olsen Ford, Titans Director of Player Personnel, requested an interview with him. And they've uh, completed an interview with Jerry Reese, former Giants GM, and Adrian Wilson, the Cardinals VP of Pro Personnel. They've completed an interview with him. So they brought in completed interviews with a few guys there. But I think Sean Payton, right now if I'm making a list, I think Sean Payton's at the top. Not, I think I know Sean Payton's at the top of yeah, my list. I was going to say, I, yeah, and D'Amico Ryan's is right there too. If you're the Texans, you got a history with D'Amico Ryan's. That's what I'm saying. He was a former player yeah, for you guys. You know, so didn't I mean, he coach there too briefly? Hey, I think no. I think he just played there. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he coached there. I think I'm not he was sure. like one of those. He like an analyst or something at the very beginning of when he first got into coaching. I thought he started with the Texans. I could be wrong. But I thought he was part of the Texans coaching staff at one point. Because um, wasn't Shanahan part of it? Yeah, but he wasn't. He started with San Fran as a coach. Yeah, he's, he's with them as a player, but not as a coach. I don't see that on his coaching. Okay. Resume. I think. Yeah, I think um, Shanahan c- coached on that team. Shanahan with Shanahan coached Ryan's on that with, team with Mike McDaniel, with Matt Lafleur, and with Robert Sella. They were all yeah. on the Texans staff at the same time. I'm not yep. making that up. That's true. That's as young coaches, they were Mike Matt Lafleur, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, and Robert Seller were all on the Texas staff. Robert Seller from 2006 to 2010, Kyle Shanahan from 06 to 09, Mike McDaniel 06 to 08, Matt Lafleur 08 to 09, and hell, Mike Vrabel was a part of that staff later on, but yeah. not with that group. No, but I was saying D'Amico Ryan's was a Texan from 06 to 11. Yeah, he was. So yes, he was playing yes. on the team. His rookie season was Kyle Shanahan's first year with the Texans as Which, well. Which, by the way, yes. he got rookie so, of the year. Defensive yeah. Yeah. rookie of the year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely from So they had a relationship built no from question. the Texans. No, yeah. no, okay. no doubt about that, okay. yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Texans have had great young coaches on their staffs, but never sought to try to cultivate that talent or keep those guys on the staff. I wish they'd have pulled a Jerry Jones and did what Jerry Jones did with Killing Moore. Uh, just stick you know around. I, mean? I got you. Or Jason Garrett. Like Jerry Jones does that. He'll like get fixated on the guy. Like yeah. I really like this coach. I'm keeping him around. And the, the Texans should have did that with one of them. Doc, one of those young guys. <laughs> they never did. They never did Missed that. Out. Arthur yeah. Smith was like that with Tennessee. They would grab. Like they they kept him through like three different. Uh, head coaches. Yeah, no doubt. They kept Arthur Smith around because they really liked him, and then finally he left and will be a head coach with Atlanta. So, anyway, but I digress for the Texans. That's the latest update on the Texans and their head coaching search. Uh, we'll give you some more uh, updates on that a little bit later on in the show. We'll come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday, and the theme is paying tribute to uh, Jeff Beck, the legendary guitarist to uh, my man Patrick, uh, all throughout the show playing jams that either he played in or inspired. Is that it? Yeah, these all be Jeff Beck songs. So it's all Jeff Beck stuff. It'll be all okay, Jeff Beck stuff. I want to make sure. Okay, all right. All right, so all Jeff Beck stuff. Um, so uh, all throughout the show, that is the new theme for New Theme Thursday. Um, we'll get into uh, some more uh, Texas basketball conversation. Also get back to Super Wild Court Weekend. Matter of fact, next segment we'll do that. But it's time for the flex. FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Um, my man Hoops Daniel, as he is known now, my man Horace, let me know that he's changed up his persona for basketball season. He does have your uh, Friday men's hoop schedule out there uh, at flxatx.com um, for uh, the different districts, 26-6A, 25-6A, 25-5A, and so on. You can go check that out. That's up there for you. Uh, also, you can go uh, check out flxatx.com. He's still got the rankings up for his uh, the local Central Texas uh, power rankings for all of the local basketball teams and all the different, I think, all the levels going down to 4A, I believe. He yeah, has them ranked there. So go check that out. FLXATX.com and I also heard on the Flex segment on uh, Chad and Zay that my man Zay who is He's on. He's on the road. All right. He's doing some uh, some scouting. He's also calling some basketball games. Doing a great job. Yep. Uh, but he's scouting some uh, games too. And turns out he's gonna go see your youngster. He's gonna play go tonight. out and, and, and heckle. Uh, is he heckling? He's a, he's a heckler. What? You oh, know, I thought he's going Zay, to support. Zay, Zay is going to to heckle. Whoa, 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 whoa! Why do you say that? Because he told me when I was walking in here, he said <laughs> he best he better keep his head out the stands because I'm gonna be out there heckling, talking about why your daddy wears some hats, why wh- what he got to hide, what he got to. Hide. He sounded ready, y'all. He was going to support, yeah, but nah, yeah. maybe he's going to heckle too. Yeah, he's a definitely a, he's definitely a heckler. He's definitely that dude. But I appreciate. <laughs> Uh, him giving us a shout out. Yeah, it's a big, big game for mm-hmm. these young kids because a lot of us, as you know, Rod, you you go up against your friends during the middle school mm-hmm. days, and then you end up going to the same high school. Yeah. So it's always a battle, and then you end up going up against them during the middle school, and then you end up playing on the same team for AAU. Oh, you see the guys and, all, yeah. and seven on seven. Yeah. So it's all the same thing. So totally it's a agree. big, big rivalry and. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be rowdy. I know that. Uh, all right. For a middle school basketball game. Yeah, man. Game, hey, huh? that's where it starts. No question about <laughs> Competitive it. Competitive uh, nature. Yeah, you get deep into the flex. Yeah, uh, no so doubt. Uh, that's what the flex is all about. So uh, that's pretty cool. So flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. You can go check it out. Um, and there's also tons of other content that I uh, failed to mention. But go check it out for yourself. Flxatx.com. We come yeah. back. We got the Super Wild Card Weekend preview. Of course, we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what else? We'll get into the Cowboys and their matchup coming up versus the Bucks, and we'll also get into some of the other big time matchups coming up over the weekend. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine the Horn.